Once a Year of Movies. I'm Emma. Uh, I'm Grace. <laughs> and we are continuing our labor season with our viewing of How Green Was My Valley. <laughs> our viewing. <laughs> and invite all the chaps over for a viewing. <laughs> a raucous viewing. A raucous viewing. How Green Was My Valley. Yeah. I, the 1941 john ford i almost said tom ford again <laughs> john ford clearly you really really deeply care about like early 20th century american cinema truly <laughs> um i mean hey there are better things to care about tbh especially given this movie <laughs> yeah like a uh, citizen kane perhaps like citizen kane perhaps <laughs> uh so this actually this beat out citizen kane at best picture yeah best picture best director few other things mm. um yeah and maybe this is so the only the only other john ford movie i've seen is uh the searchers which i really hated um so maybe you know maybe i'd be a little unfair to <laughs> to poor john ford uh you know what actually no way i've also seen grapes of wrath but it's been too long mm-hmm. um but i feel like i feel like maybe orson well should have gotten that one yeah i guess i guess we just have to watch citizen kane we should now. like just for funsies yeah I think it's on Netflix. Like, I mean, have another viewing. <laughs> have another, yeah. viewing. <laughs> anyway, we watched uh, A Green My Valley, which is a movie about Welsh uh, miners, like, kind of more specifically this, like, Welsh village. Yes. In the in the hills, mm-hmm. uh, in the coal mine, and more particularly about this family, whose surname I do not remember. Yeah. What's their surname? I have no idea. <laughs> well, uh, it's kind of through the eyes of this boy, Hugh. Hugh. Who at the start of the movie is grown up, he's an adult, and he's like, I'm gonna leave the valley, and then he's like flashing back right. to be that, a like, kid. like framing device that we never come back to. Again. Well, I mean, <laughs> there is constant narration. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, and it comes sort of comes back at the end because he's like, I remember um, all the things. And so this is, um, the structure of this movie is very episodic and vignettic vignette-ic that's not a word uh vignette-like so it has you know sort of these like mini episodes and there's some overarching plot um but uh but basically yeah it's about this him his relationship his family his dad his brothers who all work at the coal mine Mm -hmm. right um especially there's also this pastor who comes who moves in at the beginning of the movie yes and becomes like the central sort of moral figure Mm -hmm. um and his sister's in love with the pastor but then tall glass of water he has a tall glass. <laughs> it's true. It's, uh, what's the actor's name? Winston. Walter Pigeon. Walter Pigeon. Yeah, he's a ha- perfectly handsome man. Mm-hmm. I, I have not seen him in any, that was a, one of the interesting things is like, there's a lot of like actors in this movie. Like we watched the theatrical trailer, which was like for the oh, yeah. re-release, uh-huh. you know, cause it's like one best picture and whatever. And then it's like all the, it's like every actor is like described in detail and it's like, yeah, I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that they're not, like, good actors and not notable. And I think, actually, the performances in this movie are generally pretty good. But mm-hmm. just, uh, this is not a... Yeah, only, of... only one Welsh actor. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of gets into some of the problems we have with this movie. <laughs> um, but, uh, but let's, yeah, let's maybe... I mean, I've sort of very broadly summarized it. But, Emma, do you want to... Is there anything more specific we should go into before we... Yeah, I, I think that's about it. You've seen this movie before. Yes, um, I have. I have not. How did you see this movie? So I so I was on study abroad <laughs> in UK, and we went to a Welsh coal mine. And so I think we watched it on the bus um, <laughs> on wow. the way to the coal mine. That's a... <laughs> um, 
So, so the thing is, not I, a bummer at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, but also I think the movie kind of ends. Not hopefully is maybe the wrong word, but it's it's very like we will meet again in heaven and things yeah. will be good. Yeah. Like that is the conclusion of the movie, right? Um, mm-hmm. And like we lived good lives, and so like God will reward us and mm-hmm. all that jazz. So I have like two very distinct memories of this, which is like the final montage, and then there's a basically at the at the end of the movie. Um, this is after, like, multiple characters have died and the town has become more destitute under the... Like, that's also one of the things. This movie is basically a series of tragedies. Yes. Right? Um, and hard times. So the kid's dad dies in a cave-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this final shot of the pastor, like, holding both ends of, like, the mine elevator, right? And, mm-hmm. like, it's like it's almost like this... Um, like nativity seed or something and like the little boy's like cradling his father's body right mm-hmm. and that is like in my brain yeah <laughs> that's a that's a solid frame yeah it is i mean it's very i think that's something we'll you know get into is how this movie feels very staged right mm-hmm. and it's very interested in like the way people move which i think is like a class like that's john ford stuff i talked to somebody who was you know doing film school stuff and was talking about how like yeah they did a lot of like when they were doing blocking Mm-hmm. watched a lot of john ford <laughs> um, which i think makes sense it's very like it's very expressive and communicative in that way yeah for sure um uh, i guess yeah we could start and we could just do our likes and yikes yeah. and jump into it yeah so my like just a little something i have to bring up if you've listened to the show before <laughs> uh then you will you will not be surprised by my like my like is these two birds um, there's a sea, well, there's a portion of the movie where Hugh is bedridden and having a rough time, but at one point, um, a bird flies into his window and he, like, pets it and befriends it, and then a second bird flies in and I was losing my mind. It was the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wish that were me. Oh, that's right, because he falls into the river with his mom. Yes. Mm-hmm. After, uh, during the minor strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cute. It's a very nice. I love. Uh, yeah, just like birds, man. <laughs> birds, man. Well, how about your yike? My yike. I think like we will talk about like gender and stuff more. Yeah, this movie reeks of gender. <laughs> it truly does. <laughs> the stench is overwhelming. Um, but um, but this moment, like, yeah, it it wasn't like a huge thing. Um, but it just really bothered me so. Um, you mentioned the, um, the narration from adult Hugh throughout the movie. And so we see when little Hugh meets his future sister-in-law. Yeah. Um, his, who, she's gonna marry his, one of his brothers. And he, like, falls in love with her. He's, like, 12 or whatever. And just, like, overcome with how beautiful she is. Yeah. Um, and And stuff. And it's, like, it's, like, fine. I'm not mad about it. But I was, like, oh, like this is gonna be important (laughs) um because it like really goes hard on it for like one scene and then like never again (laughs) well it does it does show up because he asked to live with her when he becomes a minor yes um because yeah his brother dies and so he's like i'll you know i can live with you and give you my money and stuff but i think that scene can still work like without the like i'm in love with you yeah for sure um and stuff, because it doesn't even really come up then. Like, he's nervous and stuff, but, like, it can totally read as, like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be a man. Like, he keeps trying to lower his voice, you know, and stuff. And I think right. it's just free, like, from that 
like weird romantic element. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, it, it just doesn't need to be here. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't disagree. I think uh, like that's something that, I don't know, he has a crush on her, but it's, yeah, like, but besides that, he's so, like, just this, like, innocent boy. Like, the yeah. movie's not really about him. Yeah. It's sort of about, like, what he represents, this, like, innocence that is lost over mm-hmm. the course of the movie's right. And so he doesn't really ever get to be a person in a way that would make that scene pay off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, I, uh, so my yike is, um... So I think actually John Ford is very good because we start to talk about staging. We talked about like um, he's pretty good at physical comedy. Like there's a there's a gag in this movie where um, someone fills his hat full of beer while they're <laughs> celebrating and is like drinking out of it. And then, um, and then yeah, the pastor shows up at the party, <laughs> and so he like puts his hat back on, and beer just like covers his, <laughs> you know. And it's like, and it happens like a few minutes later, right? So it's a very good like setup and payoff, right? Like very mm-hmm. clearly communicated. Um, and so whenever the movie's doing those, like, little sight gags or, like, side things, it's funny. But there are a few sequences, and I can't really remember specifics, where it's like, oh, this is a funny part. We're doing a funny bit. <laughs> and it's like, just all of a sudden, the movie's not funny anymore. <laughs> and it's just hard for me to, like... Because I think when it when it feels like part of this natural rhythm of the scene, it's very... It works really well, mm-hmm. right? But when it, um, but when it feels like, oh, we're doing a bit now... You know, it just sort of loses momentum for me. Like, yeah. there's a very good gag in The Searchers about, involving a violin that I think is very funny um, that comes in, you know, in the middle of a scene, right? Um, and I think it also plays into sort of, like, the, the movie has a flow problem. Yes. Um, and I don't want to say, like, it's a pacing problem, but it's just, like, because it is supposed to be episodic, right? But it is, like, each of these elements feel like they have so little to do with each other. Mm-hmm. And the movie does is not interested in building either, like, a tapestry of life... Mm-hmm. right or a like big thematic thorough line out of it yeah um, oh yeah my like was the beer hat gag so that's my like <laughs> i explained it there you go <laughs> yeah that gag is good it's a very good gag yeah well the thing is even though we're kind of clowning on this movie there is a lot going on yes there's uh, a lot. so where do you want to start i don't know it's hard i mean i guess so this is our work and labor season um and you know we watched it because it is ostensibly a movie about Welsh miners, you know, going on strike and all the stuff. And I think what little there is in the movie about all that stuff is pretty good. Yeah. Um, it is not the majority of the movie. No. Well, so there is a sequence where there's a miner strike, right? Mm-hmm. And the dad is kind of an old head, yes. right? And he's like, you know, I can't believe we're spouting socialist nonsense. And so there's like tension between the dad and the town and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and also b- between his sons and him, right? Yeah. His sons generally are like supportive of, you know, building a union and, and doing this kind of stuff. Right. Um, and I think they do like get their wages back. Is that right? Um, or... yes. But it sort of doesn't matter. Like it doesn't come up again. Like the union kind of exists in the periphery, right? Like that's mm-hmm. still a thing that's happening. Um, and that's where I think this is sort of part of the problem with the movie is it's very, the, the way the material realities of these people are shown is very ethereal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, you know, this family is supposed to be like this, like hardworking Welsh family, but they have a really nice big house, you know? And like, um, there's a couple parts where they're like celebrating and they mm-hmm. just invite like, you know, hundreds of people in for dinner mm-hmm. or, and it's just like not a problem. Yeah, right. I mean, I think 
I think there is a like a distinct difference um because when his one sister gets married to like the son yes. of the mine owner yeah like their true. house is actually big and nice like right, yeah. and quote-unquote modern yeah and stuff like i think i think um the family's house like is spacious but it's plain and like clearly you know right like you couldn't see how it was built you know by like a, a village right. right i think like it's a different form of like i don't want to say capital but it's like a different form of wealth right that there's like this community of people who like because you know maybe the other families throw these big same parties as right, well, yeah, right? It's, it's a reciprocal thing um where everybody's helping out as opposed to like the luxury of a mansion yeah. house well i just kind of wish that there was that stuff more and that you yeah. had like like you're right but it's just like you you know the mom is like oh we'll just invite all these people in it'll just make dinner for them mm-hmm. and it's like you can't just do that <laughs> right like you have there ha- and like not saying you know th- there has to be a lot of time spent on it right but there was this kind of magic to how yeah. the community operates that i wish the movie was like interested in doing anything with mm-hmm. right or setting up like how um because you're right there was this class dynamic but that's also something that's relatively unexplored mm-hmm. right and like it's kind of you know implied like though the miner's boss and the, like his son they're kind of bad guys they are bad guys <laughs> but it is but it's like why yeah you know, there's no there's no exploration of that or like why the class dynamic like sets up this weird dichotomy right mm-hmm. um, it's kind of, I mean it's implied yeah but I yeah they gesture at it and it's easy to extrapolate um, I think one of my favorite lines in the movie um, is like the sons you know are worried um, about wages going down and they want to unionize and the dad is like no like you know the bosses are men like they won't you know they won't take advantage of us and like hurt us because like they're they're men you know just like us they understand yeah what it is to be a human and then one of the sons is they are men but not like us yeah right um and so i think it's like there's little things right but like right I, i do also wish you know that we saw what that looked like. Yeah, and it's not so much like I don't I don't want to be like oh the movie has to be didactic or it has to be like literal, right? Um, that's not what I'm interested in, at least hopefully, or what I would want out of this. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think it's it's frustrating because I, I think it's also interesting that like it's a movie that is like pretty pro union mm-hmm. or at least like not anti union, right? Like the dad's yes. against it, and the and the movie definitely which i think is because there's also a class dynamic like within the village right mm-hmm. where the people who are striking are mad at the dad for like basically i mean he's not um to be clear he does strike right yes. he's not a uh not a scab he's not a scab but they're mad at him because like he is less skin in the game in a tangible way mm-hmm. right and i think that like that is interesting but the movie is just kind of like those guys are bad <laughs> and like how <laughs> dare they like you know disrespect this grand patriarch right <laughs> the gentle tyrant the gentle tyrant <laughs> yeah as the movie trailer says <laughs> um you know and so that's like that stuff is um and like yeah i don't know i'm not really expecting it to be a profound like socialist fable or anything like <laughs> yeah, that from right 1941 america <laughs> yeah directed by john ford um but i do wish like there's not a lot of exploration of either the pain of capital mm-hmm. or the joy of like coming together as a community and building something together yeah right now um, i think i think it is like focused 
well, it's like a very, I don't know. I, I think the movie is kind of focused on people's emotions yeah, about sure. things, right? And stuff. And so it's like sympathetic to the father's feelings of like, you know, not like feeling like it's, you know, going against what he believes, but also wanting to help. And then like seeing, you know, like the anger of the other workers as like, yeah. well, that's a bad feeling, right? Not that like the strike is bad or the you no it definitely but it's like it's yeah it is a judgment of like how people react and feel yeah well i think that's something that the you know the movie is like like as you said very concerned with the emotional lives of these people and i think gives them a lot of dignity and space right Mm -hmm. like it's not um but i think it also like like this is kind of a hard thing to articulate but i think about like you know what does a life with dignity mean Mm -hmm. and that sounds like i'm making that sound very like upper class but really what i mean is like hey like if you have health care if you're able to live without working or at least without working in like traditional capital sense right sense of capitalism and like um you know you're provided for if you're disabled you're able to Mm -hmm. sort of live in the world and and be you know accepted in it right or if you're you know immunocompromised or whatever right those things i think are things that give people dignity Mm -hmm. right that like that show dignity to people and this movie is like oh yeah human beings inherently have dignity Mm -hmm. right and so even in like these these very desperate situations that they find themselves in they're dignified which is like true Mm -hmm. but it's also like there's not that second step there's nothing like beyond that and there's not even that anger at those circumstances right yeah um which I think is, because, you know, like, I don't know, like, I think a lot of movies of this kind of scale are, like, you know, like, anti-capitalist movies. I mean, we talked about this a bunch of times with, with Mizaki films, where it's, like, sometimes unable to articulate the next step, right? Like, yeah. Weird Rises is like this, where it's, like, hey, capitalism and, like, the way it interacts with art and, like, people's dreams is really terrible and bad, but there was, like, no articulation of, like, what that a world without that would look like, right? Mm-hmm. But... It is angry at that thing. <laughs> it's very poor, you know? And I think that's something this movie just can't muster, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, do you want to talk about, you have a note here about bridging versus bonding? Yeah, um, I, this is what I was kind of referring to earlier. Um, I can't remember the exact terms, but it's a thing that I studied um, in a couple of my sociology classes that are there are different um, types of relationships that can help us... Um, quote-unquote like survive and thrive in the world um so like the surviving um portion is um you could think of it as bonding right so it's that's like the village coming together to have these big parties right like they are not rich but they are um enriching each other's lives by like their support and love and care for each other um versus bridging ties which is um you know you can think of it today as like you know somebody who helps you get a better job or somebody who you know gives you money like things that kind of help raise you up um and the 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 way it comes in the movie is seeing how um you know the sister marries this rich man um you know supposedly like for the betterment of herself and the family and the community um but a thing we talk about in sociology is a lot of times um if we come into spaces where people have had to rely on those bonding relationships um and then try to pull them out in order to transfer them to a bridging relationship um there's a lot of loss there 
Yeah. And we see that with the sister, right? She's miserable, um, and she misses her family, and she is still in love with the pastor, right? And so even right. though she has a better life, um, you know, it, it has nothing that actually matters to her. Yeah. What's... Uh, her name is... Ankarid. Ankarid, yeah. I mean, they all have, like, you know, it's all from this novel, right? I guess we haven't said this based on a novel. Yes. And so it's all these, like, you know, Welsh-ass Welsh names, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but uh, one of my favorite beats in the movie with her is when, um, like, she sneaks into the pastor's house. <laughs> yes. And it's just, like, chilling in his chair. And he, like, lights a lamp and she, like, stands up. And it's kind of like, why, like, why aren't you looking at me? Because they used to have this, like, very warm sort of romantic relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like, flirting and stuff. Yeah. Well, flirting in a very, like, <laughs> 1940s Hollywood way where it's like, I worship the ground where you walk and, like, whatever, <laughs> right? Um, and then he's basically like, I can't imagine you living the life that I live. Like, to me, that's horrific, right? Like, I am yeah. willing to sacrifice, you know, to... For the Lord. For the Lord, <laughs> right? But, like, forcing you to do that is like something that I can't bear the thought of. Um, which is, yeah, I think a <laughs> gender is cropping up big time mm-hmm. uh, in this moment. But I think it kind of speaks to that, right? That like he also is sort of unable to see mm-hmm. beyond like that class dynamic and like what, you know, that's like, it's kind of weird because the, I mean, it's not bad because I think it's, it's just tragic, right? But the movie's very aware of like, hey, these people are like, live really bountiful and beautiful lives, mm-hmm. even though, quote unquote, they are like poor and suffering, right? Yeah. And he is sort of unable to yeah, move that forward. But the movie, I do think, is kind of like, oh, what a noble sacrifice, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I think part yeah, of it's like, I don't know, because it, yeah. it goes, she is miserable. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't well, it's also away it's, from that. It's also weird because the, the servants are very, like, there's a weird class dynamic between the servants oh, yeah. and her. Yeah. Because the servants are very, like, oh, she's not proper lady, right? She's not, like, a, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I was, I was really interested in that, where, because, like, in that case, she is technically their boss, um, yeah. but she has no actual power in the relationship right and they have a lot of power over her um they yeah like you were saying like they're not fancy she's not doing things like the old mistress of the house um would have done um they like spread all these rumors about her which like actually affects her life yeah um in tangible ways and and stuff and so i'm just wondering like like is that is that just gender coming in where it's like, oh, she's the boss, but, you know, because lady of the house, like, that means nothing? Right. Or is that a thing that we can actually, like, see in other situations? Yeah, I'm sort of wondering because I can, you know, this is, I think, a dynamic that does occur. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, I don't know. Like, this is sort of the thing is, like, it relies on, like, what how what are servants relationship to their house like yeah you know and that's something that like i've read you know there's the 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 manga emma which is not which is also victorian which is victorian but not based on the you know jane austen novel well jane austen isn't victorian georgian right (laughs) yeah yeah so there you go but uh you know but it's about maids and and servants and stuff right and then um um, and there's a creature i guess (laughs) Who's, like, loyal to, you know, despite being a slave, right? Loyal to, like, the ideas and principles of the house he's in, mm-hmm. right? I don't know why I'm bringing up Harry Potter, goddamn. <laughs> but, you know, but that's the thing is, like, I can only think of these, like, kind of very fictional examples of that kind of loyalty, mm-hmm. right? And, like, especially in the case of Harry Potter, it's, like, deeply, truly bad. Yes. <laughs> right? And so I don't, 
I feel like the dynamic is weird and like kind of interesting and maybe plausible, mm -hmm. but I also don't know like, hey, what is life actually like for servants? Are they, yeah. you know, are they resentful or like how much resent do they allow them, resentment do they allow themselves because they're like, you know, employed by these people and could be fired and could be, you know, in trouble, mm -hmm. right? Like there were, I think, interesting questions there. And like, I don't, it's not a, this is not a criticism of the movie, but the movie just doesn't get into that, right? And so it's, it's an interesting beat that I think is very rich. Yeah. But well, it is, um, yeah. complicated. Mm -hmm. I like, it just goes back to the, like, being judgmental, not necessarily of people's actions, but their emotions, right? Yeah. Like, it's bad that they did that to Ankharad because she is sad and, like, they are grumpy. <laughs> right you know for they are being spiteful you know yes for yeah. no reason that we see right um, um but even though there's still that yeah like she's still like the wealthy person in that situation mm -hmm. um you know which is yeah like it's it's interesting but i just don't quite i feel like i just don't quite have the vocabulary yeah <clears throat> to get there right mm -hmm. um on hard it's kind of interesting element of this because she's um She's very, like, she's, like, a strong and independent woman, right? Mm -hmm. But then she's also someone who, like, needs to be taken care of, which is emblematic of, like, you know, when when the boy, like, there's a couple of boys who are, like, we're going to leave. We're going to go to the Americas, right? Yes. We're going to, like, go for a better life out there. And, you know, everyone's sad, but they can just do that. Yeah. Right? Like, they're given the agency to do that, whereas on heart is, is not, right? And I think that's, a, again, this scene being, like, the movie bad. It's, <laughs> <laughs> this is me being, like... This is probably the material reality of the situation, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is reflective of reality. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, no, the thing that was really interesting, um, that earlier in the movie, when um, all the sons are like, we're going to strike, they're all sitting down at dinner, and normally nobody talks um, while they eat. Yes, yeah. But they all start like bringing up these issues, and the father is like getting real mad. Um, and they're basically like, all right, we're moving out, I guess, <laughs> you know, like, if, right. if we can't have an honest conversation about, you know, um, about important issues, then we're going to move out. And on Harrod is like, she stands up and she's like, I'll go with them too, um, to take care of them. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. And so she's like, for, like, she is also feeling like this need, like, this is an important issue. Like, we shouldn't have to be quiet about it. And the way that I can support <laughs> is by, like, taking care of the boys. Um, and then the mom says, like, no, you can't leave. You still have, like, you have to do dishes. <laughs> right, um, yeah. And so well, that's something that's interesting is the only the only people you see doing housework are Hugh mm -hmm. and the mom and Anharad. Mm -hmm. Right? Those are the people. Which is, like, I think, you know. Yeah, it's, like, little kids and then ladies. <laughs> right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and the thing is again that's not a criticism of the movie it's mm -hmm. an observation right, yeah what the, how the movie's making meaning yeah and it like just it really struck me um, especially like right now um, thinking about the pandemic and all the protests and everything right like people still have to live <laughs> like yeah dishes still need to be done uh, and like food needs to you know make it into people's mouths and stuff and so and so often we just see that that work falls to women um even if everyone is involved in the same issue like that daily work um, yeah. gets pushed to women mm -hmm. um and stuff and so that was just like a really clear example of that yeah what well, I, I think it's something that like the the women get to be sort of strong in this way but it's very like it's tied to these structures right that's like mm -hmm. the way they get expressed that is through like i'm gonna do housework or like even there's a scene where um you know the union's like meeting up to talk about the strike 
and the mom goes and is like railing against them for being so against her husband mm-hmm. right and it's like y'all you know you know that like he cares about you and you know he's a good man and you're like slandering his good name and stuff and like you know it's a it's a moving scene and she's really standing up for him right mm-hmm. and then immediately after that she falls in a frozen river and is like incapacitated for months <laughs> right and and not that i don't think this is what the movie is saying but there is a little bit of a tinge subtextually <laughs> of like you should have just stayed home you know like it's very um like even though yeah she gets to be really beautiful and like powerful and strong Mm -hmm. in these ways but it's still always very articulated through this like like because i think the the utopia for this film is not one where women like get to just leave if they want to or Mm -hmm. one where you know they get to like determine their own material realities right it's one where they get to be like safe and wealthy and content Mm -hmm. within these roles right there's no expansion beyond them yeah Um, for sure i think yeah it's um Women get to be strong, generally, in service of men. Yes. And at a great cost to themselves. Right, yeah. It's a very self... And I think that's, you know, to some degree, that's reflective in the in the way men act, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Especially with uh, the pastor who's, like, mm-hmm. you know, get it's very self-sacrificing in this um, yeah. particular way. Right. For, for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to... I think, like, the one explicit moment I can think where... Um, like on par does something like for herself and for like another woman <laughs> um, is so like the church calls out this woman for mm-hmm. like having a baby uh, outside of marriage yes yeah and stuff and they like shame her and like you know run her out of the building um, and the pastor is, like, upset about that. Like, it wasn't his decision. It's, like, the council of deacons, um, who right. was doing all that. But he is kind of sitting back and letting it happen. For right? sure. And so then Adharid gets up and, like, runs out, you know, to go talk to her, um, which gets the pastor to come out and, um, and, you know, and she gets mad at him. She's like, how could you let them do that? Like, you know, and, um. And he's like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, yeah. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. And she, like, like she, like, because um, it gets, like, they have just this romantic conversation. And I was like, no, go after the woman. Um, but she ended uh, she doesn't, the scene does end with her, like, kind of leaving him and running off after her. Yeah. Um, and stuff. So, yeah, it's like, I wish there was more of that yeah i think we could use this as a springboard to talk a little bit about religion in this movie is kind of a weird because there's um so this dynamic where there's the the pastor who's like this very sort of like passionate kind early framed whether we'll talk a little bit about how some of the stuff with him is is really bad in my opinion um (laughs) but he uh you know this compassion and like very kind and kind of like you know, non-judgmental, like mm-hmm. Christ-like and sort of the traditional denotation of that term, mm-hmm. right? Uh, way of li- existing and living. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like something, you know, he like approves of the union and he says like... Yeah, well, I think it's know. also, um, I think education comes into that because yeah. he's like from out of town, you know, went to like study. Yes, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And stuff. And so he has kind of this more like liberal view Um of like religion and how it should be a part of people's lives right yeah i, I can't remember the exact phrasing but he's kind of like my you know my dominion is like the well-being of man in relationship to god right or something like that like it's yeah, very general I right might have written it down um you know because he's like yeah so um because yeah some of the deacons are like oh you shouldn't meddle yes that's yeah something. you shouldn't meddle 
um, like, you know, unions or of the devil or whatever. Well, I mean, it's like, I I don't (laughs) think you even say that. They're just like, that's a worldly matter, right? That's mm -hmm. like a material thing. It's not the matter of like spiritual. Yes. To get involved in like labor or politics. That's outside of the realm. Well, it also comes in because Yanto, our favorite boy. (laughs) Our favorite boy, our socialist boy. (laughs) Our favorite grumpy socialist brother. um, Yanto is kind of like getting mad at all the elders. Oh, um, yeah. Because Mm -hmm. he is, yeah, like the deacons are like, we shouldn't get involved. And then Yanto is like, yeah, like, you guys just care, like, about people's spiritual needs and say that everything will be fine in heaven, even though we're suffering here. Yes, yeah. Um, and so it's like both of those ideas the pastor responds to by saying, um, so the quote is, my business is anything that comes between man and the spirit of God. Yeah. Um, and, like, goes on to say that, like, yeah, the, you know, people's working <laughs> conditions, you know, and their wages and everything is like directly tied to their ability to you know commune with god right and there's sort of like the there's this like central deacon who's like this kind of like worm tongue from lord of the rings like skeevy he's so sniveling yeah just like eventually like anharad is like a target of him and the deacons right Mm -hmm. and basically like the people the servants are accusing them of her of having an affair with the pastor mm-hmm. right and there's actually there's a moment i really like here where he's like the pastor's like this is my last sunday here like i'm i'm leaving mm-hmm. you know because clearly people don't want me here and then he like points the deacons it's like if you want to accuse me to my face to my face you can do it right now and then none of them do yeah because right? they're because everybody knows that they're gonna call out on harad in the same way that yes. they called out that woman yeah right but like nothing's gonna happen to him to the pastor right. right like he he is leaving but like of his own accord yes yeah kind of and stuff and so yeah that was that was very good yeah i think it's a good it's a good beat but i also think it that that scene is really weird to me because he basically <laughs> goes on about like how like, you've lost you know you've forgotten like I, this is something this is a trope that i kind of hate when people's like you remember you know the thunder and fire of the old testament but you've forgotten the love of jesus oh right? yeah mm-hmm. um, which is a trope that i hate mm-hmm. uh, i feel like it's rooted in kind of anti-semitic yeah i um, think but... i think the elements of that that are yeah less sketchy <laughs> yes um, there's something are... there that's good yeah yeah but... it is just talking about like you come to church like because you're afraid right and we don't yes. have to get into the anti-semitic reasons why <laughs> um you're, they right. might be afraid um but it's like yeah they do it like for social standing and uh, out of like pressure yeah um and stuff and yeah are not like applying what is actually like being taught right and there's um, actually a good it's weird because i I'm, I'm praising the seat a lot but it actually kind of bugs me and we'll get to <laughs> but like there's a scene where, where there's a moment where he's like and this is my fault too Right. Yeah. Which you think is actually like a really sort of mature admission, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially from, especially in a scene that's so like, so dramatic and heroic, right? Mm-hmm. This is also like right before the end of the movie where he goes into the mine to try and save Hugh's dad, Yeah, right? I don't think, I, I maybe saw the To Kill a Mockingbird movie um, like years ago, but in yeah. my brain I was like, this is Atticus Finch, right? Yes, no, like... it's, like, extremely that vibe, right? Yeah. Like, the, the noble, righteous white man authority being, yeah. like, oh, yes, like, you know. <laughs> and the thing is that um, there's stuff in that speech that I think is interesting and I think, um, like, reflects dynamics that I have experienced in, like, my spiritual life and my mm-hmm. time at church, right? Um, like, people coming to church out of fear is, like, a very real thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, but... I feel it's so weird because it's this big thematic like pin of the movie and I just feel like it's not a theme. <laughs> yeah. Like we've talked about like two or three scenes where this religion stuff comes up, but it's really not like 
in the movie all that much. It's not what the movie's about. No. Well, that's sort of the thing. This is sort of what I struggle with is like, even though like we're having, I think a really rich conversation about it and there's lots of stuff going on, mm -hmm. but I, I just don't know like what the movie's trying to say or even just like trying to depict or do. And it's very weird to have this moment where the movie is like very directly speaking, right? <laughs> and like talking to the camera uh -huh. and have that not, I feel like reflected in the rest of the movie at all. Yeah. Right? Like this is a scene where it's like very didactic, right? Mm -hmm. Like very like literally the, the, the pastor is literally giving a sermon about <laughs> what the message of the movie is and it just doesn't, it feels so disconnected from everything else that's going on mm -hmm. outside of these, you know, few moments that we talked about, right? And there's, like, good stuff there, mm -hmm. right? And I think there's parts of it that we talked about, especially the scene, like, will one of you accuse me, right? Yeah. It's moving so almost despite itself, right? Yeah. But it just doesn't hit for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to talk about your least favorite stuff with the pastor? Yes, I really do. Okay, so this movie is, like, so, okay. So we talked about earlier when when uh, the mom and Hugh fall into the river, mm -hmm. um, and basically the you know they're both like incapacitated in bed um, for months, and the doctors like Hugh might never walk again, mm -hmm. right? And so he's struggling to to learn to walk and and stuff like that, right? And he um, basically the pastor comes in and is like, hey, if you have faith. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, you will walk again, right? Mm -hmm. And there's another scene later in the movie where he, you know, carries the boy to, like, this hill. And he's like, you can walk to me. Like, just believe, mm -hmm. right? And he does it, of course, because it's, like, this inspirational movie about, you know, God, or I guess. Like, it's just... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, but the thing is, like, that scene is so deeply horrific to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so easy to imagine the version of that that's, like, in carry or some equivalent <laughs> where it's like the evil religious person being like walk to me and the boy being unable to and then mm -hmm. you know there's just there's it's so deeply horrific right subtextually that it's like like i <laughs> it, i just hate it so much it's so bad yeah and this the movie is just completely like oh this is so beautiful and heroic and like wow the little boy has faith and it's just like you know, this is not how it works for people most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I like, I don't, I don't want to speak to outside my experience, but like watching some of those things, it really just kind of felt like grooming, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, he like, you know, like he comes and visits you a lot and like, yeah, takes him off on like this little hill journey. And it's like, <laughs> look, you are healed through your faith and then like carrying yeah. him around and stuff. And I was just like, hmm. Uh, yeah no it just it just feels bad and like that kind of i think that kind of mentoring relationship could be really moving yeah. right and i think there's parts of it that, that work for me but it's just that there is an extreme ugliness about disability mm -hmm. and like part of that is a reflection of like you know all of his brothers are coal miners and he wants to be one of them someday and is eventually right yeah and like him having this like immense sorrow and disappointment and not being able to fit in society in the way he envisions like is real right yeah. that is like a real thing but it's just the movie has like no compassion for what does that life look like if he was unable to do that right right like i think um it just makes me think about how he, yeah he like uh, is talking about how um his brother's skin is like permanently stained um from the coal and um you know and just like how hard it is on the body and stuff and he's like like he is willing to break his body like of his 
own accord, quote unquote. But like the movie is horrified at the thought of like a body being broken, you know, yeah. for other reason, you know, for her. Yeah. Reasons. Right. And that's sort of the thing is there's just not a a choice for him. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think and this is something I think that comes up again and again, like in in film i imagine like in in cinema about disability right where um i think it's i think it's just like this is something that happens in this is like a weird poll but wolfenstein 2 mm-hmm. is largely about the same thing right where it is a character who is who is you know used to be like vigorous and powerful suddenly becomes disabled and is like unable to grapple with that and then the game can also not imagine a way for him to live outside of like his body being perfect yeah right? it has to rectify that yeah and that i mean it's just deeply i think just horrifically ugly and callous and mm-hmm. cruel right and that's like i just yeah like it's just really bad like i just have no i just get yeah, it out like it, it's weird because the movie it's not like the movie's not outwardly cruel in this way right yeah. but it is mm-hmm. just subtextually deeply deeply disturbing to me for sure i agree um yeah i'm so i guess i want to get into colonialism yeah let's talk about this let's talk about it um i have a lot of thoughts on this (laughs) Um, so if you want to kind of set up um it's absence from the movie and then uh i can kind of go in (laughs) (laughs) all right sounds good so this is one thing that's weird about this movie so um you know, the Welshness is kind of put to the side. Like, there, so there's a thing where there's a choir in the village, right? And mm-hmm. it's actually like Welshingers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they sing, you know, these quite beautiful uh, renditions of like hymns and, and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of melodies that we recognize from our church days. Which yeah. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> um, and, um, but there's also a scene where like the, the choir gets asked to sing for the queen. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, oh my gosh, like we get to sing for the queen. It's like this really beautiful mm-hmm. thing. And it was very like, me and everyone both looking at each other like, what? Because like, it's, I mean, the dynamics of it are strange, right? Um, and I don't know enough about it to like speak authoritatively on it. But both like Welsh and Irish peoples have been historically like oppressed and, you know, colonized by the english right mm-hmm. and sort of this this the queen is very literally this representation of imperial power in some ways of the same capitalism that is like destroying their bodies and their livelihoods mm-hmm. right and so to see the movie very like very uncritically i feel like even if it's still cut like a little bit with the sense of tragedy right um you know just be like oh wow this is so amazing and beautiful that we can do this for our queen is very strange mm-hmm. um, i think that's the extent of the thoughts i have on it okay Buckle up. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, as you mentioned, this movie is based on a novel um, called How Green Was My Valley um, that came out in, like, 1939, I think, um, by a British author um, who it was, like, portrayed at the time, um, I don't know, like, through him or the media or whatever, that it was, like, loosely based on... um, his life experiences um but it turns out like he was he was like an english dude with like a welsh grandpa who he would like go visit in the summers you know so it's not like he did spend time in wales like as a child yeah but it's like visiting grandpa and then returning to england and then like writing this super successful novel that's like all about 
Welsh culture and For, like yeah, and, struggles. Like, this, this deep tragedy that like this this inescapable. Yeah. You know. Um, oh gosh. So that blows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I went because um we noticed that like there's so the names are super Welsh, um and. Um, there is singing in Welsh, but that's it. Um, all the yeah. rest of the movie is in English. And, you know, that's understandable. It's an American movie. Right. Um, you know, made for people. Yeah, and it's certainly like, better than them doing, like, the, like, video game foreign person where it's like they just intersplice words, you know, yeah. in, in this very artificial way. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I went back and listened to, um... There's a podcast I really like called the Allu- the Allusionist, um, with an A. Um, that's about language, and they have a whole episode about um, the Welsh language in Argentina, um, because the Welsh were like in the 1800s um, were like specifically persecuted by the English, like for speaking Welsh. Yes. This is a big thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And stuff. And we like see some of that, like the, um, Hugh is the only person in his family to go to school. Um, so there's some scenes with that, where he goes to school and that's not clear, like where the school is located. It's a weird thing. It's yeah. a weird thing. Um, but, but they're like, you know, everybody makes fun of him for being poor and being Welsh. Um, and, like, the teacher is horrible, which actually, in the novel, like, the teacher is Welsh and is, like, ashamed of it. Oh, um, So he, yeah. like, takes it out on you. That's totally not in the movie. Not like, at all, he's no. like He's, like, a da- British dandy um, and yeah. stuff, and he's, like, horrible oh, to you. That's actually an example of the comedic scenes I was talking about earlier that don't land for me. Oh, when they're Is where, like, the boxers up. show up and beat him up. Yeah, that's, like, a... Like, I... The catharsis of that scene, I think, is fine. Like, that mm-hmm. totally works. But the actual, like, minute-to-minute comedic beats of them just, like, punching this guy in the face. It's very long. And... Yeah, it just doesn't work. <laughs> anyway, so there's an example. Continue. Um, and there are three, um, there are three sequels to the novel. In one of them, Hugh goes to Argentina, goes to the Welsh colony there, um, and yeah, I just highly recommend listening to this podcast episode because it's like these people who specifically left, <laughs> like, in order to keep speaking their language and like try to keep it up. Um, and it's like a really interesting story with that. Um, but it like totally plausible for like the time period um, where this like movie was taking place and the book that these people actually wouldn't have been speaking Welsh right like there right. were more people in argentina actively speaking welsh than like in wales yeah well, uh, at the time so we, when i was in wales i remember seeing like signs that would have both welsh and english on them yes uh, but that's also like a thing that was like fought for in a huge way yes right? that's Maybe a really recent thing um, yeah. it was only in 2012 where welsh was counted as an official language in wales yeah um <laughs> so that would have been that would have been after i was there I think. yeah so, so like yeah. it's a really recent thing uh, and stuff, and so, yeah, I just think that's interesting, thinking, like, oh, like, these people should be speaking Welsh, but maybe actually in reality, like, they wouldn't have been. Again, they still should have been, right? right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so... it's almost not, um, it's kind of a, a symptom of that already, you know, that colonization right. that had already happened. Well, and that's such a weird thing. That's a weird element because the, you know, the, they sing in Welsh, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's celebrated by the queen. And like maybe, I mean, maybe this is representative of something real, right? But there was this like 
oh, this this fetishization of this culture mm-hmm. that does not allow, like, the other elements, the outside, like, the, the language itself, the sort of day-to-day. Right, like, it's an artistic and, like, cultural endeavor or, like, an oddity almost, right? Yeah. That, like, you can appreciate in a sectioned-off part of your life. Right. Um, But then, you know, in daily life, you know, it's enforced <laughs> that you have to speak the language of power. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is like to be clear. This is not something the movie is like commenting on, really. Oh no! But it not is at very all. interesting that it is like represented in it almost. Yeah, right? this is this is what I'm interested in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I just I just thought that was really interesting the connection, like from where this story came, like how it came about. Yeah. Um and stuff. It's like you know it goes all the way back to the beginning, right? It's right. not like this movie's fault necessarily right well there's also i mean the thing is there's things with uh, and this is um again this is also not the fall of the movie really but they so they filmed it in california mm-hmm. they wanted to film on location but it was 1941 <laughs> <laughs> right uh, so couldn't really do that mm-hmm. you know um for, for very obvious reasons um and you know and i think it's actually something that i thought about a lot that maybe we can touch on a little bit is how how dramatic the sense of place is in this movie yeah and how how good the movie is at like community like there's you know a few shots where you see the village right and the mines at the top and you see mm-hmm. like the sort of road and it like immediately establishes the way the village is set up in relationship to the business that it you know moves around mm-hmm. and also is like um you know, you just get a sense of, like, how the house works and all the pieces of it connect together, right? There are exceptions. It's, like, the school. It's, like, where's the school? <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows where the school is. Nobody knows. It's, like, far enough that, like, nobody knows where he's from. <laughs> like, yeah. Everyone's his... different, but also close enough that he can walk to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Um, and, uh, yeah. But, but I think generally this is such a strong sense of place, even though it's, like, quote-unquote artificial, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about that in a lot of relationships. You know, modern films, like, especially, like, MCU stuff, mm-hmm. you know, the whole, like, airplane sequence, air- airport sequence in Civil War was shot in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, like, that could just be any airport in the world. Like, who cares, <laughs> right? And, like, that, um, the sort of loss of the sense of place being through, like, it not being shot on location mm-hmm. is, like, very sort of interesting yeah. to me. And, like, I don't I don't think of, like, a second thought there. But it's similar to M, which is a great Fritz Lang German movie, mm-hmm. um, also entirely shot on set, right, but has such an incredibly vivid sense of place mm-hmm. um, that I think, yeah, it's, it's something that I'd like to see. And, like, there are obviously movies, you know, like John Wick. John Wick movies have like a very strong sense of place, and they're all shot on location, as far as I'm aware. Right? There maybe the maybe the hotel is a set and stuff like that. Right? But um, outdoor scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you never know. But I just think it's interesting that you have to sort of deliberately construct something in order to make it make that happen. Yeah. I feel like we've covered like all this stuff that we wanted to talk about. I think so. I think it's funny that we like didn't really go into gender that much. Yeah. Even it's like. The whole movie. The whole movie, Like, it's, it's impossible to yeah, I guess we could, pull out. We could talk a little bit about masculinity in this movie. Because that's also one of the things is that he goes to school, mm-hmm. right? And he's, like, pretty good at it, mm-hmm. right? Even though the teacher's horrible to him, yeah. you know, and stuff. He kind of finds his place eventually. Because um, he, you know, learns to fight for himself. He gets trained by the boxer who then beats up his teacher later. Yes. And, um, you know, he gets to sort of, gets to a point where he, like, he could go on to do, you know, schooling elsewhere. Yes. Right? And, like, become a doctor or a lawyer. And basically, he is like, I want to mine. 
mm-hmm. you know, because I want to be like my brother. And like, there's rare, like, this is just like, you know, the way, you know, <laughs> masculinity and like patterns of masculinity are passed down, but generation is like very explicitly a thing that's happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think there is an element of tragedy to that, that he like doesn't choose this other way of living, mm-hmm. but it is also like, it's, it, it kind of finds it noble, right. And beautiful mm-hmm. that he decides to follow the, in his father's footsteps. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that also ties back to the bridging versus bonding thing. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, sure, he could go become a professional, right but that would take him away from his village and his family right and like mm-hmm. you know and whales probably yeah for <laughs> um sure. and stuff unless a cardiff is in wales um that's like the big city yeah um, uh-huh. but um yeah and so, and so it's that same thing it's like it's like he has this social capital you know of going to school um but it just pales in its value to him against you know the social capital of being with the people he loves and you know the town and the culture and everything. yeah for sure um and that's also interesting like that's talking about like him leaving wales to do that right mm-hmm. like that's it that's kind of a colonial element too right that's not <laughs> yeah. the movie doesn't like explicitly touch on but it's sort of like hovering in the background <laughs> yeah. right yeah, so I think, uh, kind of, like, concluding thoughts. I think this is a really interesting movie. I think if you were intrigued about what we were talking about, you could definitely give it a watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think parts of it are sort of very moving, sort of despite itself. Yeah, I, I enjoyed, like, the first part of the movie. Yeah. Um, I think, because, um, yeah, it's just a lot about people's relationships with each other. I think a lot of, like, really good acting is done just from people's expressions. Yeah. Um, and stuff, and it's, like, pretty... Yeah, it's, like, alternates between kind of these, like, soft, lovely, like, romantic and familial moments, um, and then, like, these charged conversations yeah. about, like, the place of religion and yeah. work we and We didn't so. talk too much formally about this movie, but it's very, I think, partially because it's so staged, mm-hmm. right? It's, um it gains a sense of like real physicality and like you see like there's so much communicated about the character's relationship the way they move to each other and the way like even the sets are shot yeah and stuff like even we were talking about that that final shot right with like the Uh you know and it's very dramatic but like a lot is communicated visually like you could look at that shot and kind of understand how all these characters relate to each other Mm -hmm. just like through the position of their bodies right through mise-en-scene is like the you know yeah the filmic term right (laughs) um and, like, the movie does tons of stuff with that, especially, like, in party scenes or in, like, there's a lot of, like, character placed in, like, positioning and mm-hmm. geography, right? And I think not all of it works. I think sometimes the movie the movie has a few visually striking moments. Like, there's a shot of uh, the pastor from below as an elevator's coming up. Mm-hmm. It's very striking, and he's sort of, like, cut framed by the, like you know, girders and bars of the elevator. Well, right? and, and Hard is also, like, holding on to his hand as he, like, pulls. <laughs> yes. Know, as, as he's pulled down. Yeah, and there's, you know, a few, like, yeah, there's stuff like that that I think is very striking. And there's, there's some parts where I feel like the movie sh- is shot in a very, like, sort of flat and pedestrian, not pedestrian, but, like, craftsman-like way mm-hmm. that's, like, very sort of admirable but kind of hard to, like, get into for me. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, like, it's, I understand, like, watching this movie, even though, like, for me, this is, like, a three-star movie, right, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, I understand why John Ford is, like, revered as mm-hmm. this great director, right? Because it's very formally striking or very formally competent and, like, uh, layered, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, yeah, I think that about wraps it up for us. Yeah. Well, uh, we are supported and hosted by the Admiral Mapping Podcast Network, which you can find at admiralmapping.com 
and support on patreon.com slash abnormal mapping you can find us online um you can find the show on twitter at seasons movie pod or you can email us with any questions or comments at seasonspod at gmail.com grace where can people find you uh people can find me at grace underscore machine online and at grace the machine.com for things that i write and i'm on twitter at you of wales not wales the country the area (laughs) (laughs) the home of hugh and crew (laughs) uh but the animal um yeah i forgot we can all you can also find the show at abnormalmapping.com slash seasons movie pod yeah there's a link to itunes and the rss feed etc etc grace what are we next time we are watching the 1954 film salt of the earth directed by herbert j uh bieberman which is also about miners and hopefully a little bit more about labor this time. Hopefully actually about miners and yeah. being working. Um, <laughs> one can dream. One can dream. We'll see. Hey, but we, you know, even if the only movie that we got is like explicitly relevant, which won't be true because we've got, we got good stuff lined up, but uh, is Modern Times, like that's pretty good. Modern yeah. Modern Times pretty good movie. <laughs> Solid. Solid case. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.